and welcome to the LES, an independent music podcast hosted by myself, Callum McCatty, and my two friends, James Bain and Alexander Davies. We're just everyday music fans, having the chats all musos have at the pub, in the record store, and most likely on the sofa in the early hours of the morning. And this is our first episode, our debut where we chat life in lockdown as music fans. We relive the 2019 Idols Glastoe set, talk back to Jury's new album, the Little Sims EP, and then we pick our songs for the episode Spotify playlist. Sit down and soak it up. That performance is unreal, look. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, man. You can tell it's like the pinnacle. It's like what they wanted to do from day one. Sheds a tear, doesn't he? Oh, man. I do. I think I've watched it like after, uh, at least a dozen times. And like 10 of those I've been like but beating it, up like, you know? You know what? You like, yeah, 10 of those you've probably been binned as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. You like, to be fair, when he walks out for about five seconds he looks like him and the rest of the boys look overwhelmed by the whole whole like size of it and then then they just go straight into game face and just get on with it for like yeah. five seconds they're looking around like fucking hell, this is crazy and then they just smash it out and he puts on his game yeah. face and does his little act and shit it's fucking mad yeah <laughs> booting the floor <laughs> Bowen fucking shaking his hips oh I know it makes me laugh but when he just comes out in his boxes doesn't even yeah. like you know strip down to him. Just comes out in his boxes. And you, and then the camera will cut to their hands on the guitar or the microphone stand, and they've all got wedding rings on. And it's like yeah, such and half of half of them have been sober for the best part of a decade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's mad, yeah. Pat, isn't it? it is yeah. Mad. I yeah. Like, when he started shedding a tear, the main thing I thought was he's come a long way from being a KP in the grace. Oh mate, how to that? Yeah. But yeah, the um the part that was quite sick for that is when he when they start singing Harry Styles yeah. right in the middle of it, it sounds dreadful, doesn't it? <laughs> and they do Adele and they both sing different lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Like two drunk uncles at a wedding. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. <laughs> and what though they also sung was it nothing compares to you by Sinead O'Connor whatever it is and yeah. they fucking smash it out like smash out the words the melody they like properly nail it <laughs> yeah they do don't what was your reckon the highlight of that set song wise oh it's got probably Gotho 1049 Gotho you reckon oh man I love that song it, that like that song has got well as the album is named Brutalism it's just so brutal yeah man it's very in your face yeah, I, I love think it. I was thinking all of the songs apart from um, Scum sound like like Scum was the only one that sounded somewhat close to the record. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. were tight for that. The rest of it was fucking carnage. That's what you want from Nice, yeah. but it was like fucking absolute carnage. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. Yeah. See, I think I'm Scum is probably like my least favorite performance song in that performance. Probably for that reason, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was still like massively dynamic, but in like comparison to the rest of the set, a little less dynamic yeah. in terms of like, it's like the, the song doesn't lend itself to having that freedom to just go mad over it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because it's probably one of my favourite idol songs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I fucking love it. It's because there's a bit of guitar in it and they can't just walk fuck off into the crowd. Yeah, mate. That's true. Just don't, don't just don't give the just don't give the guitar to the crowd, like, you know? How you many do times do they fucking go in the crowd? Yeah, exactly. It's, That's why they got to stay tight, innit? They spend so much more time in the crowd than they do on the stage. Song one, they're in the crowd. Like, first <laughs> tune, he's like, fuck this. I'm getting off stage and getting in the crowd. It's so good. Warm up in it. It was busy there, though. Like, because Hads and I were there for that set, and, like, because that stage there is like, it like backs onto a lot of like food and stuff like, and yeah. it was like rammed. There was people like, there was more people like stood like right up against the front of like counters. It was really, really busy, really busy. It was sick. Do you know what's really kind of weird about that as well is that it's, um, 
I didn't know because I've, I've watched it and it's been like daytime. I thought it was like an afternoon set, but it was like quarter to eight. Yeah, so it was people, later than it seems. Yeah. People to like sack off their evening. Like that's an hour. That's like eight o'clock to nine o'clock at Glasgow at the park stage. Yeah, people are, that's like pre-headliner. Yeah, to bin yeah. off their evening to go watch Idols. That's a big statement. Mm. I saw who's the idol. Yeah. There's, you know, very progressive and they're, the, you know, they're huge, absolutely huge. In the well, what do they sell out Ali Pali in? Three days? Yes. Yeah. Like that? Three days. 10,000 tickets. And the album coming out now, like, people won't fucking stop talking about it. No, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. To be fair, they've Have done you... well to tie in their Welsh audience, yeah. plug in Joe Calzaghi in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I saw the merch for that before I like uh, I like listened to the song. So I saw like was it Anchor Joe Calzaghi on the t-shirts, and I was just like, "The fuck's that all about?" <laughs> I listened to Mr. Motivator, and I, was like, ah. I love that. Of all the fucking all the that's classic idols, isn't it? All the athletes or celebrities they can pick to do that little outro. They pick Joe Calzaghi. <laughs> 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 fucking great. It's class. Yeah, when is that album due to come out? I don't know. I think I haven't, I haven't heard. read that DIY mag article, but I don't actually know what it said. I guess there must be a couple more singles to come out, but I don't reckon that. Like, it's difficult. Like when when if you're a, it's difficult because if you're a new band releasing an album in lockdown, you probably have to delay it for money what reasons. But they're kind of big enough <laughs> yeah. to be able to release an album in lockdown and get away with it. But then would you want to? I don't know whether they'd delay it. Do you know what I mean? I think I think you'd have to make more of a fuss about the vinyl stuff. Yeah. So like make like more limited edition records and all that sort of stuff and kind of like make up for uh, money that you get from gigs and merch and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, because the argument said that people just digest way more content now because they've got so much more time. Yeah. Right? yeah. So. But then like, yeah. yeah it's fucking, I, imagine being like a band promoing your debut album. And it was like released in like late February yeah. and you're about to go on a tour around the UK. Oh, it'd be shit. Heartbreaking. Be the awful. And they're, kind of like, they're kind of like with that last album, I think they're you know, they're out they're they're safe now. They're yeah. safe enough to like ride this period out. It makes you wonder how many bands probably might dissolve, I don't know. Cause there does come a point where like, you know, financial influence plays a massive part in it. And they might just have to go, we're going to have to sack this off, lads, because we can't do it. Yeah. The uncertain, because there's no certain, there's no like certain date of when this is going to end. And there's, you know, stuff coming out, like you can go to the pub or you can go to the park, but going to a fucking gig is like one of the last things that's going to happen. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Imagine trying to mosh pit with bloody social distancing. Yeah. Uh, it's not happening. Imagine an Just have to wrap yourself up in cling film. Yeah, everything would be seated, wouldn't it? Like everything could quite easily move to being seated. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine that. Idols seated. <laughs> imagine like, going fucking We got thirty years until they start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> until they start doing a glam folk album in yeah. the sixties. <laughs> thirty years at a minimum, I think. Imagine going into fucking the exchange or club. In Cardiff and seeing blokes stood two meters away from each other and fucking <laughs> trying to mosh. <laughs> Come on, you just be shouting the lyrics at each other. <laughs> it would be so funny. Well, like speaking of moshing, that idols set, like there was fucking that was some of the widest and like furthest back moshing I've seen in a gig for a long time. Yeah, like, it was huge. It was yeah, thousands of people in there. Yeah. It was like that in Ali Pali though, like, but it was like so big, it was suffocating. Yeah, sweatbox. It was, it was huge. hard work. In yeah, Ali yeah, it was really hard. It, it wasn't like it wasn't like super like energetic. It was just like fucking crushed yeah. up on everything and anything. Didn't you see them in the summer as well? Wasn't it in the summer? Oh yeah, I saw them at Green Man as well. <laughs> oh mate, that pit. Oh. That that was yeah. the sweatiest tent I've ever been in. <laughs> Because I, I, I kept my vest on for like the sake of everyone else around me. But I came out the tent and just started ringing it and ringing it and ringing it, and it just wouldn't stop. I was in a, I was in a pickle after that. It took me a good two days. I could have done with an IV drip after that. 
Where were where were they at Greenman? Well, I'm trying to think where were in the far out tent. One at the top of the hill. Oh, the way they play yeah. like, the the beats and shit like the eight, like late in the evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. tent for that man. It was awesome, and that again, was... like spend no time on the stage, all in the crowd. Is that where Boyazuga played that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good stage. That a really good atmosphere in there. I think there's some bands who. Like their sound lends itself to being underneath a tent at a festival. It sounds good. It does sound good when you're in it. It sounds shit outside, but <laughs> yeah. when you're in it, it sounds good. even though, what was it like at the park stage watching idols outside? Man, it was really windy. It was quite similar to when Falls were there because it was mm-hmm. so busy. <clears throat> like you'd have, we'd have had to be there like six o'clock to like get a reasonable thing. So we were like quite far back, and because like. They, they design it for just that front section, right? Yeah. The sound. But and so when you're a bit further back, you st- it starts to like all blend. And, um... Back off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it starts to blend. I mean, you, it, a lot of it got lost in the wind. There. Yeah. Like, the, you could kind of see most of it, but it did get lost in the wind. But, yeah. There's a bit of a divide in the crowd, isn't there? It's like when you watch that video, it's like the front half losing their shit and there's the back just kind of like, not in the head. Yeah, there's the people who read all the magazines and go, oh, these are good. There are lots of things we should go see. Steve Mac loves these. Just go and watch. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. He does he shout them out. He shouts them out in one of the songs. Yeah. Like, Steve the Mac, I fucking love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. What song is that? Um, Love song, is it? Yeah, yeah. You give me power. Yeah. Like a knife, be my wife. Like a gun or a knife, be my wife. Something like that. Should probably brush up on that. I rated how he did the old, um, like, was it, there was that mosh bit happening, that circle, when he was like, there's no women in there. This mm. mosh bit ain't starting until a girl gets in there or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like nothing but a fallacy. Yeah. And that was like yeah. song two as well. Like, he didn't fuck around. Set the tone from the get-go. Oh. I was talking to one of the guys who's there. They were talking. To, I think Kia said, um, from the like recording, like that we've watched, you don't really hear the crowd, but like the crowd was just singing along. Yeah. Are you? You were there, huh? It was all the crowd, didn't it? Are yeah. you on me? Are you on? They were louder than um than that that thing gives off, but. Mate, whenever you watch live gigs and you can really hear the crowd, it it, it kind of sounds shit like on the recording. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or like, for the sake of the recording, it's probably better. But it was louder. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people know the lyrics. A lot of people, and mate, so many people that weekend in the I'm Scum t-shirts. So many people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like in docks, it's like the hottest Glastonbury on record, and there's people like trudging docks, up. I'm Scum and talk bags. <laughs> <laughs> Like, God bless you, NHS. <laughs> bless your ass. <laughs> Mate, they are actually, like, to be fair, even though you can't necessarily hear it on, on the like recording of it, when you watch it, it is like you can let the cameras constantly panning to the crowd because you can see so many people are so invested. Like, yeah. Idols mean more to so many people than, like, any other band at the minute. People were just fucking losing yeah. their shit. Yeah. Divide, I think it was, I don't know, was it Divide and Conquer? I think that was a tune. I think that member being absolutely fucking massive. And people just... Yeah, because the crowd just goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the end just really. goes, yeah. <laughs> they opened with that, didn't they? At like half speed agree, man. They, say it again, huh? They opened with that, didn't they? At half speed agree, man. Is it? I thought they opened with um, was it Colossus? Uh, you're right. Quite right. Might have been that. <laughs> <laughs> they opened with that at Glaster, as well, didn't they? That's a good opener, to be fair. It sets the yeah. tone, though, isn't it? Because it's just that slow build. I did watch slow it build. Wondering, wondering whether or not Jack and I could headline. Mate, but Why not? They fit. They fit that socialist love that Glasgow's got don't they but I I had this debate with Hads on Friday night I was like they're fucking head like I was like in I was like they're in they could do it (laughs) they just 
we never hear them on the radio, do you? You know, there's a lot, there's a huge number of people that would not know who they are. Yeah. But like a few of my mates know who they are because they've been played on Radio 1. And they'd be like, oh, that band Idols that you listen to, I've heard them on Radio 1. Yeah. So they've had the, they have had the play. they got a big on yeah, but then, as well. Yeah, they're quite good, aren't they, to be fair? But I'd think, it's more like, I'd think the issue more lies within them. They'd probably need to refine their sound a bit. I think if they've, like... Is, they're is, far away from the crowd on that big yeah. stage, aren't they? Yeah. It's fucking class seeing Bowen in his boxes fucking rolling around. The front, like, <laughs> it is class. I wouldn't change it. But, like, how how good would that work? Like, it would work for one song, but if he did, like, six songs running in the crowd with his guitar at, like, yeah. 10 p.m. on a Friday night at Glasgow... How well would You'd it work? You'd lose a lot of people, wouldn't you? Because there's, yeah. there's so many, you know, hundreds and thousands of people further back that you just wouldn't, you wouldn't have and like, a clue. Yeah, and then the people on TV as well, who'd be yeah. like, like, they must get so much of their money through TV that if they booked a headliner who was shit on TV. Yeah. How powerful would that be for guitar music though? Yeah. It'd yeah. be absolutely massive. That's the thing. For like a real music enthusiast, that would be absolutely ideal. And then how and then how responsible do Glastonbury feel in terms of like trying to like platform that? You know, from their perspective, they're kind of like, Yeah, I, I would love to like from an idealistic point of view, they're like, I'd love to, you know, reignite guitar music, but I'd also like to make fucking like, a million pounds on a Friday night by putting problem is though, when you put people like the Rolling Stones on yeah. there. Yeah, it's um you know, and then yeah. you know, then they put idols the next night. You start to go, oh, fucking, what, do you know what I mean? If they if they like refined their sound, and like, net and you know, made it just a the tighter, like the show a little bit tighter, which I guess goes against the grain of who they are as a band, which is difficult. They could headline it because they've got fucking tunes that bang and would be class. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe they're not destined to headline it. Maybe they're meant yeah. to have like thousands of people at the park stage at eight yeah. o'clock, binning off their plans just to, you know, and it to be that like, you know, everyone's talking about, but like not everybody goes to. Yeah. Like only the, you know, the ones in the know go. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know? they end up, you know, reducing the numbers of spectators for someone else because they've drawn everyone to yeah. the park stage. Because they're a massive cult following. Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah. Well, they didn't yeah. headline Green Man, did they? No, but like they were like um, the way it was made out on the bill, or the way it was like released, made it look as if they were headlining. Yeah, I would have. That would have been unreal, man, if they yeah. played the mountain stage of Green Man. Who headlined that year? Uh, it, that night was Father John Misty instead. Yeah, but Fort, yeah. they started having that electronic headline on the Saturday night. That was just sick. Fortet, that was Fortet. that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he headlined last year or that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sat in that. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. It was busy as well. Yeah, well, I, I think like what's his name, Kieran Hebden. Hebden. Yeah. I think he goes, he goes back a long way, like nineties, and like, yeah, I think he's okay. got quite a strong following. One of those underground yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could do it now, though. I reckon after this next album, Green Man would. would yeah, that would be good. But again, I don't want to see Green Man's line lineup change. This no. year's was just like the ultimate. Yeah. All right, they had it next year. Yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> like Tyson Gal, Shane, Mac. Yeah, mate. Um, it was just like just spectacular. Thundercat. Yeah, Thundercat. That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, out of <laughs> nowhere. Right. He was like high up on the bill. I don't know if he was his head like on there. Yeah, man, that would have been. Oh, yeah. but, that's a, that, but that's an interesting thing. What happens to everyone? Because like the whole world has been poised, right? So it's not like people have got stuff. Do you know what I mean? Does everything just get shifted on twelve months? Yeah. Like I know Harry Styles' gigs have been pretty much pushed to the same weekend and same dates yeah. there or thereabouts Foles in twelve months' time. Foles that's pretty good. Pretty much the same. Oh Don't shit! Lemon. I keep forgetting about the Foles. Dope, dope lemons. Pretty much, it's the same. pretty much, it's all been pushed back like twelve months there and thereabouts, hasn't it? So, yeah. 
it feels should, like um, we should lock in those tickets for um, uh, Dope Lemon. Yeah, I was going to say to you two, but now that it's now that it's pushed back a year, you two got to be coming now. Yeah, yeah. Which which gig did you get tickets for, Carl? London. Yeah, Kentish, old Kentish. What is it, old Kentish Town or whatever? That one, and that's fucking is awesome location as well because you kind of like. You know when you go and watch Giga Ali Pali and you have to get the fucking bus and the tube and you have to yeah. get the miles away in it. Yeah, but Kentish Town, you like you're outside Camden, there's pubs and shit, and you can go in there after and it's good. But Don't. yeah, that'll be I'm really gutted about it. that's one of the main things of all this year that's been like kicked off the schedule. That's one of the ones that I'm pretty gutted about. Yeah, he, yeah, he's fucking class, and he. But out the blocks though as well. It was Baxter like was like what the week after lockdown was announced? Yeah, yeah first was, was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where that's was it? Yeah, twenty first. Where was he playing? Tram shed. Oh man, yeah, that's a good. It's a good venue for Baxter. It's October now, right? Yes, yeah, well, it's meant to be in October, but the likelihood yeah. of that going on at full capacity mm. is yeah. highly unlikely. I don't, you know. Yeah, how do you deal with that issue if everyone's got tickets? How do you, how do you, you make, half the capacity? You make him play five nights on a truck and like, <laughs> <laughs> put 20% audience in. Yeah, and tell fucking Cosmo to make his own dinner for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his son's name? Cosmo, yeah. Oh my God, the Cosmo poor bastard. Have you watched it, Jim? Yeah, I did watch it. I was binned when I watched it though. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just remember, I just remember, like he's on the keys. Like, yeah, so he's just like, yeah. First tune, first tune, he's got his hands in the air and his son's looking at him, just thinking, fucking pipe down, dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is though, he'd be doing exactly the same thing, wouldn't he? At the yeah, like on stage. So, oh you man. Know, He's got his performance suit on. I mean, he's got <laughs> anyone. if it's in his own living room or Roll out at home, baby. The one thing I'm slightly gutted about that is at Cardiff is we're not going to hear him doing the fucking Baxter impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know he's going to bring a Welsh one there. Yeah. He's going to have a Welsh Baxter. accent. <laughs> Go on, Baxter. Go on, Baxter, <laughs> I've listened back to that back to Drew, that Bristol impression so many times and he's got it so spot on. Like, <laughs> like so nailed. It's so good. Nailed when he played it. Green Man, though, to be fair, he's played Wales before and it's Green Man. Yeah. He was weird. Like, he was calling everyone little people and the stuff. Yeah. Was... Yeah. I think it's like a kid. They've got the like kids around, didn't they? Yeah. Like that 4 p.m. slot, wasn't it? It's around there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like 6 o'clock. I think it's something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He played. It was... It wasn't quite the watershed, though. <laughs> he played Miami and he decided to throw like 10 more C bombs in there that are already in there. It's like, yeah. Talking about licking pussy. And it was like, <laughs> Frappuccino froth off the of clips or something like that. <laughs> Stay true to who you are, innit, mate? Stay true to who you are. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny watching around and all these like, parents going, like, grabbing their kids. <laughs> they're doing that kind of like. They're on a weekend away at a local festival and they're doing that face where they look at their parent like, yeah, who put this on? <laughs> you know this guy was playing? <laughs> and then you're at the front lane doing the impression <laughs> doing the dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then they realise it's the injury stand. They're all like, oh, right, yeah. yeah. He didn't feel, did he? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah polio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit where his son, though, on the Royal Albert home just makes a slight slip <laughs> And he's like turns and he's like fucking sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I rate that though. Just kicking it off, just doing yeah. this thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's starting his own career from there. Yeah. <laughs> you should, yeah. Can you imagine that the do read dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> he does say something oh. at the start of the gig. He's like, I can't remember what it was. But like, it's like the first or second song and he like is playing the piano on the intro of the song he puts hand up he's like God bless the juries or something like that he does something <laughs> like that yeah oh god yeah I'm really gonna have to re-watch that I don't really remember all that much <laughs> just except there's like perky face just like it's kind of weird isn't it though because it's like 
it's you're a, like as good as he is. You're essentially watching a bloke play the piano with his son in the living room. There's no like crowd yeah. or anything. It's like a bit of a weird dynamic. Yeah, man. I don't I don't know. It's any difference except I've actually got time and I got nothing to do when I'm on a poop. That's kind of good, yeah, though. Yeah, I mean, you have to get your magazine game back up as well. That's the thing, see? You absorb some other content. Yeah. Man, I'm jealous. I think I'm going to gonna take the hit when our when our account is fully... I might just start following all the accounts this week on the account and just get it. Yeah. So I can... I'm really, yeah, over it. It's it's really easy. Like, I know it sounds... It feels quite daunting or... um, Yeah, quite unattainable. But, like, it's so easy. Yeah. What about you? What I've done though is say it again, sorry. No, you carry on, mate. I'll ask you in a sec. I was just going to say, um, I've only deactivated my Facebook, so I've still got Messenger. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, because you, you, there's an element of needing using it as a connective tool, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With Facebook. Yeah, there's a degree of people not in your initial ring that you yeah. don't have a number of that you would message on that. Do you know what I mean? Like the people you met in Fiji and all that kind of stuff. Do you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah. With Instagram, is not, there's no excuse. But with Facebook, you're kind of ransomed by a connecting with people you met, or like traveling or some shit, or and b like getting invitations to events and stuff now. Like that's kind of like, yeah. That's, that's the then, thing. It's gonna kick me. But then you just drop in every now and then on your, on your like desktop and just check it or whatever. But you deactivate it. Then. Well, one of the the good thing about it. Uh, but this is though it came in time with Club Iverbach came up with like a text chain before yeah. lockdown. Obviously, it's not effective right now. But they they came up with like a text chain. I think it'd come in on a Monday, and it was like all the gigs that are on that week, and then tickets that have come out that week as well. Oh, and it's like WhatsApp message it comes in. I ask like they ask if you want it in Welsh or English. I get it coming in both, which is it's awesome. Yeah, man, that's all. Oh, they, they are such a forward-thinking in like little venue. Yeah, they are, mate. They really, really are. And they they don't just uh, run the gigs in club either, either, because they I'm pretty sure they're the ones that organise Baxter in Tramshed. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're they're, so, like, like, they're the promoters as well. They're pretty like mm. iconic as well. Like every time you you hear like famous sort of journalists or musicians talking about like their early days of UK gigs they kind of always yeah. talk about that don't they yeah man it's, it's got awesome. some heritage yeah it's funny oh, yeah, as well no when... idea you know yeah really yeah since Steve Lamack's book he talks about it a few times eh? really how I yeah came across it yeah it's funny is though, he on Radio like... 6 yeah yeah man. Radio 6 it's funny though, it's like when we were back in uh, in Hall's first year uni or whatever, there was one guy and um, one of the first nights that we went out to was the club of a buck. And um, he like messaged his parents saying, guess where I am? And he was in club of a buck and that's where his parents had met. Really? Yeah. They were both from North Wales, came to Cardiff to uni and they'd met there. <laughs> hey, that's mad. And it's such so a it's, funny fucking little venue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm they... bloody floor, mate. When everyone starts bouncing on it, because yeah. <laughs> you, you told me about it before the first time I went there. You told me about it, and I just because I'd heard it in passing before I ever went there, and I assumed it to be like a little bit bigger or whatever. And it's just like the tiniest upstairs floor, and the floor's bouncing. It's fucking like mad. It's absolutely crazy. And they I get can't the believe... heaviest band you've ever seen in there. I know. I can't believe you took on the bloody mosh pit of the chats with your broken wrist. Oh, mate. <laughs> the minute I got it knocked was one of the most... I can. I was literally about to say it, it was one of the most vivid memories of my life. Like, Because obviously with mosh pit, and you have, there's like an element of you having to put your arm out and like protect yourself to some degree, which doesn't bode well having a broken wrist. And like, I, did that. <laughs> I was doing that to try and like protect myself. Put my fist out. And then someone like hit me and it went like in. Oh, and I like, I had to like go out into the reception, well, like the bar reception, yeah, club's reception. And I had to fucking go out <laughs> the bar and hold, I was doing like laps, circular laps and seeing like <laughs> deeply being like, oh. 
And then I came back into the room and then Gus was like, <laughs> Gus was loving the mosh pit. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, I can't. I really can't. He was like, oh, yeah, okay, take it easy. But it was honestly one of the most painful things I've ever had in my life. So I think that was the day I realised I needed to go and check it out at the hospital. <laughs> that, that was yeah, well, how, how long after you actually did it? <laughs> yeah, up three weeks after breaking the wrist. It was oh, smacking it in. Really? It was, it was three weeks I went with the broken wrist. And like, I was moving in this house, bringing up chest of drawers up the stairs and like you know, <laughs> the way up. And I was like, yeah, go to the mosh pit. No regrets. Like, no you regret. can't go to a Jats gig and not get in the mosh pit. No way, man. No way. They did motor through the songs a bit there, though, didn't they? They, um, they weren't... Uh... It was like, a 45-minute set, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. 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 So that, been... yeah. that tour they had must have just been show after show of just watching people fucking lose their shit. Like the bass player yeah. was just like watching the mosh, just playing the bass and just staring at everyone, like completely un, un like amused by the whole situation. Yeah. It must be pretty tiresome seeing like the same thing every time. Small venue. Everybody going fucking bonkers, singing the same songs. This last two minutes, and you do it for forty minutes every night. Yeah, and you just, yeah. yeah, it would get a bit. Beers, you beers would get flat. a bit bored, wouldn't you? Like if you're it's six, like, twelve months in, it's kind of hard because then that's kind of that's the band they are. That's the you play tunes like that. Like, yeah. You can you got that's what you sign up for. You know what I mean? Well, it's like fuck all songs on their album that's over one minute long, uh, yeah. over two minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Most of them are one minute. <laughs> a lot of them are, like, you know? You, uh, how, how many fucking attempts did you do at a stage dive thing? Three? Four? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Until the crowd gets bored of catching me. And or I get too sweaty that I'm too slippy to catch. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it on the one where, I can't remember what tune it was. It was the big arms. It was. Yeah, you <laughs> pointed at the bass player, pointed at the guitarist, put your arms out, and then... <laughs> And no one oh, 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 me. Oh, I crave is a good back <laughs> uh, And there's yeah. gear I'm smashing the... You were talking about that earlier. I can't <laughs> wait for another mosh pit, man. Stage diving all day. One of the best memories I have of that situation, that is you, are when we went to watch Temperance Movement and their whole set. Like, you, we, like you two knew the every word to every song in their set but the one song that someone gets you up on their shoulders for was like, <laughs> slower tunes you don't know the words and you're, <laughs> up there, you're up there with your arms out not knowing what to do <laughs> go take it on I'm new I'm new to it, I'm new to it. <laughs> so, oh fuck really of all the ones <laughs> but there you go Phil Campbell leaving there big news oh massive mate yeah there's no band about them really is there was, you know what I mean yeah I was about to say they are it is the voice is definitive. Yeah. And his energy on stage as well. Like. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. We went to watch them at the SU and he was doing this whole headbanging gig and like getting everyone into it. And then fast forward six months going to Glasgow. <laughs> watching him in Williams Green and Alex is looking at him doing this, trying to get him to do it back. He's got no idea. <laughs> he has no, no idea. Memory of it. He's just singing the tunes and owls going, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably looking at you thinking, oh man, this bloke's lost his mind. <laughs> I bet he's exactly on this Saturday as well. <laughs> <It's Yeah. something> <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> oh, well. What he's going to do now that he's sacked it off? He's, he said he's got a number of projects on, though, he? It's not him done with music. He's just got other things happening. So, yeah, I, do. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns into one of those people who like, plays a big part in like, the Glaswegian scene. Like, he's been around the world, he's done his thing to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine that yeah. dude who just drives the scene. people and yeah, and drive. Yeah, you're right. You Provide like spaces it, yeah. for rehearsals and just like yeah. a conduit to getting music together. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a shame they're a big, they're a big, uh, like, you know, example of a band who kind of the right great band at the wrong time yeah yeah a bit of that yeah like they like, were on a they were on a heavy metal record though label yeah, yeah. Were, was it Eric 
Eric, yeah, the same yeah. as Rival Sun. They wanted like a really, really heavy metal label. So I don't know how big a part that might have played. Because it's just yeah. like, they were awesome as well. They're so good live. Like, yeah, they were awesome. They just didn't quite get the scope that like they, they should have got, I don't think. Nah. How wasn't like, they're like, was it Only Friend is the big tune, isn't it? Yeah. How that didn't get like pushed further. Yeah. That's such a great song. Great yeah. song. And and also you think about the tunes themselves are great, but Phil's such a great performer that like he's kind of what you want. Show. Him, man. Yeah, like, yeah. good show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to say, oh, you know, if they're in the sixties and seventies they'd be great, but I don't even think I don't even have to go back that far. Probably go back like ten or twenty years and it'd be fucking awesome. Like people would gravitate towards them yeah yeah when, yeah when guitar music was big you know yeah when it was a big thing yeah always worry yeah i guess that's where idols are fitting but you always wonder how how much validity there is in that statement that guitar music's dying but i guess they're quite a good good example eh? it, it never does i don't yeah i don't does. think it's i think there's just a sheer volume of different yeah. different stuff out there now that's available yeah. and it's so easy to yeah. get hold of stuff and listen to stuff you know back in the day you'd have to go is that whole thing of sharing cds and sharing it's, it's none of that anymore do you know what i mean you just you just turn it on so anyway, you, you google yeah. it and like you can yeah. listen to literally anything <clears throat> and the experience so of back in the, that cd for the first time that someone's given you is not the same as it is it's just not, is it? It's no, or spending a fiver on, you know, it's just not yeah. the same at all. Saving so, up your pocket money. <laughs> even if you, yeah, buy, yeah. if you buy the record and you think it's shit, you have to learn to love it because you love it. Money on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I don't think it's time. I think there's just a sheer, the sheer volume of other stuff out there and the availability of it. So, yeah. It's evolving though. It's yeah. changing though, a little bit by little bit. Because like you take like Kasabian's last couple of albums, there's a lot of techno influence in that. Yeah, there's a little bit in Baxter's new one. He, yeah. he gets a little bit of electronic, like pew, pew, you know, a couple yeah, of in there, yeah. doesn't he? It shoots a few cents. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the actual title track on that Baxter album, Night Chances, is a full-on like hip hop track. Yeah, when yeah. you hear it, it's so hip hop influenced. Man, that's that's album the tune. Is I love class. that. Yeah. Yeah. Baxter loves you. Baxter loves you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though. Go on, Cal. No, I was going to even though it's, even though it's the lead single, after all the stuff he's released in the last five, ten years, like I feel like Slum Lord is like his finest hour in terms of like yeah. refining his sound, like the strings, yeah. the melody, the vote. It's all just like his finest hour, I think. Yeah, for sure. Like it, this album is like the accu- accumulation of all those little touches. Yeah. It's like the call and reply between like the, him and like the female backing singers. Yeah. Like bass lines. Yeah. And like the way he like talks into the microphone is, is, is special as well. Yeah, man. You they feel did, like he's right there. Like, yeah. They did album five. Happy what do you mean five? Like, is this his fifth one now? Oh, I got no idea, With man. With the same band, like, how yep. he produces it as well, right? Does he? I think he plays a part in it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if he does. Yeah, man, you can imagine the kind of sound he's creating is pretty like true to him as a person, isn't it? So it's pretty niche, yeah. Enough, so yeah, yeah. I tell you what, the, the album sets a tone though, because like the first line of the whole fucking album is. I'm not your fucking friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight in. I'm not your friend. Yeah, but that's when it comes around like, to the end, like, right where Slumlord and he's like, Baxter loves you. Like, yeah. It comes yeah. like full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I think as well, like he, he, he read that interview, I think it was DIY Mag, he says, oh, I'm kind of done with, I'm kind of done with spoken word um, character playing I'm going to probably move on to something different I'd be interested to see what that would be because I don't think I think everyone who listens to him in a minute listens to him like wanting to hear that do you know what I mean yeah so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because no doubt he's a talented musician but like, as a vocalist I want I want to hear him doing that but you know yeah 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 I want to I want to hear more Mr. Maserati yeah <laughs> and, all, and all that sort of stuff and like it is 
a lot of the songs make no sense at all, but like the words are just, they sound so sonically beautiful when yeah. you put them together. And it's a tone of voice and the delivery that he gives. Is, that's what creates his, yeah, uh, his fan base, isn't it? Because like his lyrics and stuff are so niche as well. Like Mr. Yeah. Man and stuff like that. That His fan base is based around like that nicheness. That if he was to neglect yeah. that, I don't think people would be as religious to him as they are. Slaves, yeah. about like sla- slaves. They said that they. I was reading like Isaac's like seven records or something that he like always goes to, and he said that ha- they used to smash Happy Soup and just play it over and over again. They did a tune together, didn't they? Yeah, on that album. They did yeah. Was it Take Control? Or something yeah, like that? Uh, Take Control. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good one because like, I I listened to that album before the Slaves album. And like, gave no mind to Baxter being on it. I don't think I'd listened to Baxter. Yeah. And then like, I got into Baxter through um, the Prince of Tears album, like Miami and all that sort of stuff. And then went back to the Slaves album and I listened to that song. I was like, that's fucking Baxter. Yeah. That's fucking Baxter. <laughs> and like, looking on the credit, and it was, I couldn't believe it. But I couldn't believe it. It took me a while to come around to Baxter. It was you two. You two loved him. And I was pretty, I was like, i you know, because you didn't even come that night, did you? Uh, it's one of those, are you just not interested? It's one of those periods yeah. that you look back on, and sometimes you know you get it wrong. And like now, yeah. I love him. I think he's awesome. And I remember thinking back at that time, thinking, I don't know why I wasn't appreciative of it at the time. I just wasn't. Yeah. I think it's because yeah, also for mods. Are... Go on, Carl. Sorry. No, I was, I was so spaced out at Green Man that that day, <laughs> fucking so hungover and so spaced out. Then when he came on and started giving his antics, I it put me into a, like a dark space, and I was like, "Fuck <laughs> this dude! I don't, I don't want to be around him." <laughs> it took me like a while to come around to. It's weird that though, isn't it? How you have you don't just take up to a lot of these people instantly. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a weird persona. Yeah, he's a big, very weird persona. Yeah. But then you've like got to that, read, you've got to read into it and buy into it, haven't you? And that's where, that's yeah. where the fan fan like them comes. But some of his interviews are class. Yeah, and the art, really? you know, he comes across. He's really, really articulate, really thought, you know, really quite thought provoking. A lot of his stuff as well. Because you just like see him perform, and you think that he's just like an absolute savage on the red wine. Has definitely got gout, and <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. And like you can tell, like when he's like giving the the backing singers a bit of like what for and stuff, they're like rolling their their eyes at him and stuff. That's and you it. kind of wonder, like, is this like an onstage act or is this truly him? Like you yeah. know, it's it's yeah. a bit of a, he's, he's got a very like you know creepy Mr. Maserati. Yeah. Sort of Mate, vibe, but like, he's you know? loved by the Parisians and referred to as a sex sheriff. So yeah, there's got to be something <laughs> in that. Like you know, <laughs> there's not many people who are loved by Parisians and then referred to as a sex sheriff. So God yeah. knows. You know, someone someone brought that up to him once. That how much he's loved loved by Paris and French people, and he yeah. was like, and he was like, oh, yeah, well they've got shit taste in music anyway because they play on the wrong time. <laughs> so he was like, so the one the one place that loves him, he was just like, oh yeah, fuck them, they've got no taste. So it's like. I think that sums him up, though. Eh? Mm. That was it, Bane. Like you say, he gives it. I remember watching him at Green Man, like kind of like harassing his backing singers, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, no, this is odd." Like, yeah, odd. Feel uncomfortable, like, mm. yeah. yeah. But then that's what the best performers are when they're like, when they're like real weird and kind of captivating on stage, and you kind of question, you like think about what they're like off stage and their backstory and stuff like that. That's when actually. When you take a step back, you're like, that's when they're really good performers because you're not just watching them and being like, oh, these are right. You're, yeah. you're drawn to them yeah. regardless of yeah. you like it or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he takes on a bit of a character when he comes on. Well, I don't know. I hope he takes on a character mm. on stage. Yeah. Because I wouldn't like to think that someone is like like the way he performs. No, I, I agree. But yeah. I don't know. Al, what do you reckon? You you know, listen to a few. Yeah, but from the stuff that I've heard, like the podcasts and stuff that he's been, he's only on like a Radio Six podcast, I think, hasn't he? And then like a couple of YouTube videos. He's not like that at all. So I think he's just yeah. fucking taking the piss and having fun, really. He's he probably pushes the limit a bit, especially given the current climate. Yeah. He probably pushes the limit on it, but yeah, 
quite self-deprecating. He does, he kind of like he's not he's quite modest and doesn't really think that much of himself sometimes in interviews, does he? He's quite yeah. <clears throat> well he says that's why it took him so long to have a musical career. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but like it's like these things where people growing up in the shadow of their parents' fame, it's like it must be fucking hard. Especially if you want to do the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then have your own sound. Rather than just always be referred to as Ian Dewey's son. Like I probably would have a really tough time trying to trying to shed that, you know. Do you know what that's an attachment? He's maybe become so successful recently is because the generation like us who listen to him you know, whilst our generation all know who Mick Jagger is and the Beatles and like Pink Floyd and stuff, there's still only half our generation would necessarily know who Ian Jury were, whereas our parents know who yeah. he is. Yeah. Now he's come successful when us lot are like early 20s, late teens, and we don't mm. necessarily know who Ian Jury is, and it's he's back to Jury in his own right. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. I, I got turned on to Ian Dury through Baxter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was Baxter was step one for me, and then I got into his old man. And then you heard it, heard Ian Jury's, and then you like you heard some like hear songs that you've heard before, and you're like, oh fuck, that's Ian Jury, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah my uncle was playing that at the barbecue some years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Tim's album again today. Yeah, that's good, man, isn't it? That's. Fucking that little bass line under that first track is I don't care who you are, when you come into an EP or an LP with that as your first track, you're fucking unbelievable. Like that is Yeah. Unreal. I remember that you two played it here on the on the like thing that just didn't do it justice on Zoom. When you hear it on a normal speaker or headphones, you're yeah. like, shit. It's so good, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> the first time I listened to it, I listened to it. Uh, Does she play it all? Yeah. Or does she have like a band? She recorded. She plays it all as well. She recorded, produced, and mixed that album, that EP. All Did she? Album. She mixed the it. whole thing. Yeah. Fuck me. Christ. I'm pretty sure That's she. Class, yeah. mate. She did everything. That class. That's what blows my mind yeah, about buddy. that EP. She like. Yeah. But that's what she used to do, like back in the day, though, wasn't it? Like around fourteen, fifteen. Like she just like drop, drop the tips, do her own stuff. Produce her own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's all awesome, absolutely awesome. Man. Like, yeah. And fucking, there's just so many little, like, niche things that we probably don't hear that, you know, engineer needs to do to make great and mix it. And she's just done that all on her own. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, mate. That process to that, like, the untrained ear, you, would, you just don't even know, do you? No. Like, there's that whole process between actually writing it, recording it, and getting it out there. That's yeah. such a grey area for 99% of people. I like, I don't understand it really. Sick reference, bro. Yeah, great <laughs> reference. You know what I mean? <laughs> grey area. Very calculated. <laughs> but, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. For us, but it's only wouldn't when know. you hear stuff. Wouldn't know, really. It's only when you hear stuff like she's mixed herself that you're going to have to take note that actually that probably are quite yeah. a... I do wonder though, like how she's getting on because, like, this EP was like partially about being in lockdown and it was early doors when it came out. <laughs> it was probably like only what four weeks in or something like that. <laughs> poor, poor little Simsy, Simsy, she's gonna be uh, she's, really, she's gonna really, be pulling her hair out, man. She's done a concept album in the last two months now. <laughs> yeah, we are. You know, I'm a fan of concept albums, <laughs> bring anything my way. Good, yes. I listened to it earlier though, and because it's just an EP, I actually often with EPs, I'm kind of of the belief I enjoy like a short form. Like I like with albums, I like it like 40 minutes, 50 minutes. But that earlier, I was like it finished, and I was like wanting more. I wanted to yeah. go more tunes. Yeah, I think it's like few times I've actually listened to it just once through. Yeah, I think I've had to watch it, listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just that first track, man. Like honestly, yeah. I can't like if I can. I don't know, it gets me And then when the drum and the snare on the yeah. lose my mind. I love uh, One Life Might Just Live It. Yeah, attitude. That is such a good hook on that chorus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. brings me in every single time. 
Yeah, man. Attitude. That's the thing. She's quite like, versatile, isn't she? She can go so delicate and then she can bring... And what I guess what she like, what she's great for in music is she's like a female rap artist bringing way more attitude than half of these like half-baked rap artists who are currently in the music scene. Yeah, now. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of fake and she's just bringing it like completely unadulterated. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. It's authentic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell like she has such a hand in it making it because there's no, there's no like, you can, I just think the general public consent on something's bullshit or really like contrived and hers, none of that. It's just completely what she's thinking put into a music form and you can tell. Like, it's just so good. And the artwork, I think, is sick as well. Yeah. Yeah. It is very bold, isn't it? Like out of all the albums ever I've like had in my lockdown release playlist, that cover really, really sticks out. Yeah. Out the rest of them. And with like today's climate of Instagram, your album your album artwork has to be sick, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. I think it's probably come back around though, you know, because like back in the day when it, like Dad always says he's looking through vinyls in the shop, yeah, yeah. looking at the artwork was part of it. And we probably went through a space where we didn't really give a fuck what it was. Yeah. And now with Instagram being such an imperative thing to let the whole announcement side of stuff, yeah. it probably has come back into being like, to, you know, you've got to take a bit more care about it. What, yeah. What do you reckon your favourite favorite ever artwork is? Oh, hey, there's lemon on the back of the horse, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Uh, Love that show. Might be... Which one? Is this it? Uh, on the on the arse. Of course, of course. Very sensual. <laughs> no, I like physical graffiti. The whole thing where you pull the tabs. That's yeah. a cool one. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that it might be something Zeppelin for me. Yeah. It'd be between like physical graffiti with the different windows and the slots. That's the yeah. thing. That or Led Zeppelin three. With it's on, like, it's on the wheel. You can yeah. get a graphic with artwork, can't you, like that? Or you can do the ones that are like Little Sims or like Pink Floyd probably even. Or like strokes where it's just like block colours and like stands out. There's, there's two sort of ways of doing the artwork on that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's two avenues to chase and which one to go, you know, which Sergeant one to... <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the cover of um, Frank Zappa's album? I think it's like, we're only in it for the money. <laughs> it's called. And like the, the album cover is just like a rip-off of like Sgt. Pepper's. <laughs> <laughs> like, completely in the dog. Just like, yeah. We're, and it's called, we're only in it for the money. <laughs> it is actually mad at me, Frank Zappa. He doesn't give a fuck, really. Oh, man. All... He does not. He's your hero, isn't he, yeah? My well, hero. <laughs> Facial hair hero. <laughs> you just need the soul patch now, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a little bit. But yeah. I might yeah, leave that need... one then. Die that one as well. <laughs> yeah, I just gonna need to get a little uh, a little bead on the go, I think. <laughs> get yeah, that's man. Need the soul patch. <laughs> <laughs> Although today I was like, oh, I might get rid of it now. I was like, oh. I'm so invested now. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you should. Man. I think cool, it looks man. really good. Yeah, it looks cool. I think oh, I'm really questioning yeah. it. No, nah, it looks cool. I think it looks It's cool. quite easy because you know, I'm never exposed to situations where I see anyone anymore. So it doesn't like, <laughs> there's no myself, you know. Really but it doesn't look that. like out of place. It doesn't look like you've grown a ridiculous facial hair feature. It yeah, looks yeah, like, it that. looks fitting. Yeah. It looks like we're growing in about a week, but it took more like eight. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> with a with don't, a, keep, don't worry about it, man. With the added help of <laughs> hair dye, twice. But yeah. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna do a weekly pod, weekly. So we, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna do a weekly Spotify playlist after every episode. There's gonna be free tunes we've been listening to that week, and this week we got one that's dedicated to the BLM movement to show our support. So yeah, I know Gone for BLM by the Specials came out in 2019. Uh, I think the imagery in this is uh, a really important song to listen to. And I learned a lot from listening to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you put it in, it was a good tune. I didn't I didn't even know they'd done a Black Lives Matter tune. 
Like, yeah. I, I knew it was, what, from like a year ago plus, 18 yeah. months. Pretty like, yeah. yeah. You could pull so many tunes out from like the last 10 years that have been like that. And then it's just like sad to oh. think that in 2020, it's like, you know, describing things that are happening, I guess. For That's sure. probably why that it's like, because it's bubbled under the surface so close for so long, yeah. but it's now, it's about time it got given some, some air time, like, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I went for uh, Ray Black, My Hood. So it's partly to do with the fact that it came out in 2016, My Physio Glass Door. We just stumbled upon her at a stage called Pussy Parlor Glass. <laughs> oh, like voice out there, loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and also Storms is in it. So I think the whole thing is just, it just exposes her, you know, where she lived, how it was, yeah. all that kind of thing. And then obviously Storms is going on to a mad meteoric rise. So it was there, you know, just yeah. the tune that opened my eyes a bit, really. Yeah, I went for Umi Says by Most Def. It's like an album that came out, I think, like 2000. A lot of it's got a lot of like tunes on there about like racial tensions in America. But like, Umi Says is basically, it's just massive like instrumental tune with quite a few, there's not, like, it's not packed with lyrics, but like the lyrics are in there about like, you know, black people taking power and rising up. And it's like, it's pretty like, I guess it's just mirroring of how I like, approach it because I don't, I don't know enough to say anything about it or like represent it and what he's saying sure. kind of represents what I think, which is not enough, but I support it. And yeah. like alongside that, it comes in an album that's got loads of great tunes. And also that is a fucking, it's a banger. Like it's an awesome tune. Like it's <laughs> that so helps. Cool. Yeah. 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 So I think uh, for my second song, I think I'm going to go for um, Take Back the Radio by KJ Pearson. So it's just a bit of a bit of a pop banger, really. But like, this is one like you can imagine driving west, the sun's going down, arm out the window. <laughs> Take back the radio. It's so good, so good. Cabaretty. Yeah, she's on um, Heavenly Records as well with um, Baxter and uh, and Boyazuga. Right. Oh, so that's quite yeah, it's quite a label to be on. Where's yeah. she? Yeah, right. Where's she from? She's Bristol, I think. Bristol oh, really? Buster, Buster shit, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My next one was the mouse outfit step steadier. So probably moving into a bit, of, bit of reggae. I've been probably watching way too many videos of people just riding their bikes like a bit of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this team was on there, and I just, just for whatever reason, captivated me. The dude's got an unreal voice, and. I was like, oh shit, most outfit, yeah, listen to them. And I delved a bit deeper, they're just a bit of a bit of a collective of different genres and people and stuff. And it's just just for whatever reason just grab me by the nuts and I'll just be playing out of there tomorrow. Yeah. That's a great feeling that. When you get a song, it's just like you just can't get enough of there's no way. Yeah, time time again. And I'll yeah. try it. I haven't exhausted it yet, but I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm on um second yeah, second jingle star by Alalaz, to be honest, it's just a banger. It's got a pretty like cosmic, psychedelic interlude tune in the album that's full of like a lot of reverb and stuff. I think it's just a great tune. There's nothing else. I, to... I love Alalaz, but I just cannot put my finger on like what their sound is. Nah, man. I'm really... yeah, cosmic. I think is the best word I've heard. It's, it's from that album. I can't remember what it's called. I think it might just be called Lars. And it's got red album artwork, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty like spacey and a lot of reverb, but all the tunes on there are just like real good, like buttery and fucking creamy. Yeah. Yeah. I think then um, for my uh, for my third, third team, I'm going Donny Barry. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, moving up. Now it's my, I, I don't know if you guys have seen, but I like, guess is the guy with the on the album covers, just no hair here. Long hair, massive moustache, huge hairy shoulders. But like he just drops these like monster 80s disco tunes. (laughs) The bloke is redefining sexy. Honest to God. He's bringing it back. Man, it's so good. When was that released? Because it keeps coming off my Spotify, like recommended and stuff. (laughs) It's probably because I keep sending it to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it, I think it came out in May, but like moving on up itself, that baseline yeah. drives 
absolutely drives that song. Yeah, man. It's so good. Yeah, it's a good album. It's a real good album. He's, good. he's, got, a, he's got a hell of a cult following, apparently, in Oz. Really? Yeah. Where's yeah, yeah. from? Is he... I don't know. I think he might he may very well be from Oz. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he's got a bit of a cut following down there. My third one was Red Estate, Rolling Stone, sticking with the reggae theme, to be fair. And I didn't realise that Red Estate was Freddie Krueger, the DJ. So... Oh, is it? Yeah, just a fucking tune, though, to be fair. <laughs> you've, you've, been on, you've been on the jerk chicken and the red stripe, have you are? Well, I've the barbecue's been out a little bit, I won't lie. So, <laughs> trying my pathetic little hand at it. I've <laughs> <laughs> been having a little little kind of... I haven't drank any red stripe, though. It's been a range of boom and barbecues at the minute. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> and he's been the soundtrack to it. So, yeah, I didn't realise it was because it was him. And then he, so he releases stuff under his own thing. And then also... He's released two albums under this Red Estate alias for whatever reason, but yeah. Yeah, that album's good. You keep sending it through, it is a tune. Yeah. And it only that, looks like Red Stripe in it. Yeah, <laughs> plays a big part. Yeah, it does. It makes you feel 15 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my third tune's pretty fitting. There's a reference to Stella in it Hotel Lux, tabloid newspaper. It's like. <laughs> Vocals are unreal. Pretty much spoken word, talking about the whole premise of the song is about how you can embellish a story to make it a great story at the pub. And it's just so witty and so good. And that little lyric about drinking Stella Artois with Danny Dyer is like one of my <laughs> favourite lyrics I've heard this year. But yeah, so good. That that whole EP from Hotel Lux class. Yeah. It's got yeah, I really enjoyed that. Spoken word, cross surfer chords. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Good ending, boy. Before we keep chat shit and take a bit. And that's it. Thank you for listening to our first episode. Stick with us for more barroom chat about the tunes we all love. Sit down and soak it up.